We are already through week five of the high school football season, which means it is time to uh, digest, dissect, and uh, sometimes divert your interest from other things. It is the State Champs Indiana Extra Point podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University. Over 100 degree programs offered at a university consistently ranked one of the best in the Midwest, according to U.S. News and World Report. Find out more at ltu.edu. My name is Greg Rakestraw. I am the ringleader of the uh, Two Ring Circus. Uh, my partner in crime is Robert Stambazzi. At least that's what his computer screen says. He is affectionately known as. Good morning, everybody. And tell you what, uh, what a great weekend for high school football regarding the weather. I tell you what, the 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 luck of the draw that we have had from a forecast standpoint has been absolutely phenomenal. Now, let's face it, we could use a little rain, yeah. but Friday night was a glorious night for whatever your outdoor activity was going to be. It was, and we had a homecoming game at uh, Southwood, and you could not have asked for a better uh, football night for high school football in a great state of Indiana. But you think back throughout the whole fall so far, if you want to call it fall, it's been spectacular. And really, the crowds have been pretty decent considering uh, the source. So with that, you had two county rivals meeting on on Friday night. You had Southwood and Wabash. And uh, this was not the Apaches night. Southwood, Bob, appears to be pretty good again. Uh, they are. They won th- you know, We lose this, and I was thinking about it yesterday, actually. They have won 31 consecutive regular season football games. And uh, th- this team just keeps rolling and rolling. Uh, they had uh, five injuries uh, for the game on Friday night. But, uh, boy, I got to tell you something. We talk a lot, Greg, about their offense. And they went up against a pretty good offense in Wabash and shut them down with Bryant Boggs, our outstanding receiver. Joe Leland, their really good left-handed quarterback. They shut them down, and then they opened things up themselves, jumped out to a 14 to nothing lead, and before you know it, uh, they weren't looking back. They were still going forward for a great night themselves with Alex Farr uh, having a good night at quarterback, but one guy come off the bench, a young man by the name of Mo Lloyd. Remember that from up here in northeastern Indiana. Mo Lloyd had a great night running the football, and this kid is just going to get bigger as a sophomore. Is the, is the toughest remaining challenge Southwood has on their schedule, Peru? Is, is that an accurate uh, assumption with four games left to play? I would say no. Uh, I, I think their biggest game coming is on uh, October the 16th when they will take on Tippy Valley. Can oh, no. Peru beat Southwood? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, they can. But right now, a team in a conference that would scare me would be Tippy Valley. They're big, and I mean, they got a couple guys uh, pushing 350 plus. Uh, they've got a, a couple backs that are six foot three, 195 plus. Uh, this is a football team right now that's playing very well. They've only give, uh, Tip Valley's only given up 47 points all year by scoring 150, almost match point for point with Southwood. So this is going to be a game that make sure nobody stumbles on will be the uh, last home regular season game of the year for Southwood. And, and hopefully uh, they would take on Valley for the conference championship. You know, Southwood now has been ranked for at least the better part of, I'd say, three of the last four years. Uh, maybe four of the last five is even a better way uh, uh, to phrase that. In their sectional is one of the programs you always just assume <laughs> is going to make a deep run in 1A and Adams Central. Um, they they kind of go opposite directions 
in terms of whom they schedule, yeah. even though they're in the same sectional. Is there any way to really compare a 5-0 and Southwood team to a 4-1 and Adams Central team? Well, Adams Central lost uh, early in the season to a very good east side, and uh, they play South Adams this week. Uh, they mirror each other. Both of them like to be quick out of the backfield. Uh, a, the difference between South Adams and uh, Southwood I, – I said I said South Adams, I apologize. Adams Central and Southwood – uh, Adam Central likes to throw the ball in the flat when they have to, not when they need to. And so that's usually what uh, is a big bucket play for the Flying Jets from Monroe, Indiana. But uh, these two teams just match up really well size-wise. Both have some really good hogs up front, just some good athletes. Both are well, well coached, tremendous followings, and both teams wear red. Well, uh, it, it's unique, and obviously these things change every two years, so this could change every spring. Yeah. But South Adams and Adams Central, folks, are not in the same sectional. No. <laughs> they have been drawn to where they could meet each other in the regional round. Yeah. But Adams Central and Southwood are in the same sectional. And again, those are really three of the top six or seven teams in the state as far as 1A. There's probably still more attention being drawn towards Lutheran. I know Central Catholic in 1A. Uh, we're beaten by Tipton, a solid 2A program on Friday night. And, and CC's been behind the eight ball from an injury standpoint. They were late starting the year because of COVID-19. But they're always a team you have to talk about as the defending state champs. But Southwood now is consistently putting themselves up there in that top five, top six category from a 1A perspective. So with that, let me talk about uh, the game that I had on Friday night. And it was Carmel and Lawrence North. And as far as the top games in the MIC were concerned, it probably had second billing because you had the two undefeated teams that were left in the league, even through just two or three weeks of conference play for, for different teams uh, between North Central and Center Grove. But as we have said throughout the course of, of, of this show this year, there is Center Grove and then there is everybody else. <laughs> to that point, North Central entered 4-0 for the first time in 22 years. 2-0 in league play. I think they were rated number three or number four in the state of Indiana. Uh, Center Grove won that game 47-0. Center Grove has not given up a point to a Mick opponent yet. The only points they've allowed all year were to Decatur Central in week one, and that was a 56-14 victory by Center Grove. So CG uh, is light years in front of everybody else in 6A football and in the MIC. And again, I think Brownsburg's the second best team. I think there's a big gap between Center Grove and Brownsburg. So the game that we had, um, the, the, the teams behind Center Grove, uh, I, I think there's, you know, you can put maybe a couple of pieces of the paper. And that's what separates, I mean, two through six, two through seven this year in the MIC. And so I had number seven, LN, number 10, Carmel. Second year that I've had this game. Last year, LN scored late to send the game to overtime. This year, LN scored late again. In fact, they scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and they scored the last one to go in front 34-33 with about two and a half minutes left to go in the game. Carmel, who, who, had, who lost their starting quarterback for part of the game, due to what I assume was was injured ribs, because he took a wallop uh, on a throw towards the end zone late in the first quarter, uh, or maybe early second quarter uh, at that point in time. 
Anyway, he missed the rest of the first half, but came back in for half number two. He leads Carmel on a scoring drive to get into field goal range where their kicker, Spencer Hanna, makes his fifth field goal of the night. A new Carmel program record for single game field goals. And at zeros on the board, Carmel beats LN by a score of 36 to 34. Both teams now go to three and two. Carmel goes to two and one in league play. LN falls to one and two in league play. But Bob, this is, I would say, take off Lawrence Central off the back end of the league and take off Center Grove along the front end of the league. This is what I expect when any of the six other teams play each other and make action for the rest of the year. You know, as you're talking, I'm reading about the, the conference, and uh, it's remarkable. I mean, you've got a lot of tremendous athletes in the mix right now. It's so balanced, but yet so differential when you start looking at Center Grove, how head and shoulders they literally are above everybody. But, man, what a what an interesting uh, uh, conference. As a, it'd be fun no matter where you went in a conference each Friday night. Right, we had Ben da- Ben Davis and Warren Central was also Friday night. Ben Davis won that one late. They actually scored a touchdown in the second and the fourth quarter, and they have shown this propensity for believing in their two point plays. So, like even when conventional wisdom would tell you, "Hey, kick the extra point tied at 14. no, they kicked the they went for two and, and got it, led 15, 14, and went tack on another score and ended up winning, uh, you know, 21, 14. Uh, I had Ben Davis in week one. They were very much a work in progress. I had Warren Central in week three. They were very much a, week, a work in progress. And I think, to be fair, as good as Center Grove is, it is also compounded by the fact that the other teams that are usually in the top half with them, BD, Carmel, Warren, are all a bit down this year, you know, mm-hmm. by their own lofty standards. It is also the third time in the last four years where you are talking about an historically good football team from that league. Like in 2017, Ben Davis was talked about as maybe being the best high school football team in the history of Indiana high school football. Yes. And, and, and literally it was compared to their own program because for those that don't know, Ben Davis was named the mythical national champions in 1991. And in that fall of 2017, I broadcast a good number of games with the 91 head coach, Dick Dullahan. And I put it to him twice. I said, is this team better? And at the state finals, without hesitation, he said, absolutely. This team, led by Reese Taylor, now plays at IU. I think they had 10 or 11 Division I kids that were seniors. They also had DeWan Jones, who's now playing at Ohio State, who was a junior on that team. That was thought up to be one of the great high school football teams of all time. The next year's Warren Central team probably doesn't get that moniker just because it's probably not even the best Warren Central team because those those uh, Kevin Wright coached teams in the mid-2000s and just annihilated everybody they played. Warren put it on most people that year in 2018. They had some injuries that maybe brought them back to the pack a little bit during the course of the season. But that team was led by David Bell, who obviously just had a wonderful freshman season at Purdue. And we will see him take to the field now about a month from now as, as the Big Ten is ready to resume their season. This Center Grove team is the best Center Grove team that Eric Moore has ever had. That includes two teams that have won state championships, a couple of other teams that have made, or three other teams, I guess, that have made state championships. And we kind of saw this coming last year when they played so many sophomores and juniors, went four and five during the regular season, but made their way to the state championship game. So Center Grove is something to behold. And for everybody else, you're kind of probably fighting for second 
Um, but you're just hoping that, you know, depending on how you're lucky to draw is, you know, do you see center Grove in the sectional? Do you see him in the, in the regional? Is it the semi-state? Um, again, folks, this is where I point out that Carmel's in the Southern half of the bracket this year, not the Northern half. So there will be a non-mixed school make the 6A state championship game. Your reward is going to be Center Grove likely. So be, be forewarned about that. Um, but the path for CG in terms of other mixed schools, one of Warren, LN, North Central, uh, who are not that far apart from each other in the regional. And then you're probably talking about, um, my guess would be Brownsburg in yeah. the semi-state. At least that's how I think it shapes up as of now. And then again, state championship game, who knows? But uh, again, Center Grove is absolutely uh, a sight to behold. So that's kind of the games that Bob and I had over the course of the weekend. Let's take this momentary pause for our friends at Lawrence Technological University, located in Southfield, Michigan. They offer 27 teams across 22 sports, track and field, and even men's volleyball, just some of the newest offerings. There's nothing quite like being a college athlete. If you've dreamed about it, then check this out. Head over to ltuathletics.com and click the Be Recruited tab on the homepage. Fill out the questionnaire for your sport, and the incredible coaching staff will get it. Recruit yourself. You can even intern with the State Champ Sports Network team while you're living the dream and getting one of the best educations out there. Your journey begins at ltuathletics.com. Okay, Baz, who else has your attention in your neck of the woods? Well, I tell you, I don't know if you got the score from Saturday night, but DeWanger uh, beat Carroll. 31 to 21, uh, the Lytle kid threw for a school record 330 yards on the night for DeWinger to upset uh, 6A Carroll to now kind of throws the uh, Summit Conference in a quagmire with Carroll, Bishop, DeWinger, Homestead all 4-1. But here's a sleeper right now in Fort Wayne, Concordia. They can do some damage. They're starting to get everybody back. They have been nicked all year long. Just remember I said Concordia because I think they are going to raise some cane in that conference before it's all said and done. And I'm still staying on the Marble bandwagon. But they got the Valpo coming up here in a few weeks uh, as they also, once again, the Vikings playing really, really well. Uh, those two teams really in northern Indiana right now, uh, some people say you got to throw in Elkhart. I've got to stay with Maribel and Valpo up here in the north. Elkhart probably going to be my number three top choice uh, in that 6A uh, for, for uh, uh, northern Indiana right now. Well, we, Baz, we are getting to the point where we start talking about postseason pass for these teams yeah. now that we are five weeks into the season. And what is really unique and, and, and maybe it's not as unique because Maribel and Valpo have always been rivals. And again, Valpo being in 5A, not 6A, is a rather recent development. But they're Doonland Conference rivals. you know. So, so they yeah. know they're going to see each other every year. But if you ask a lot of people whom the Northern representative in 5A and 6A in the state championship game would be, a lot of them would say Maribel and Valpo. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason I bring that up is that if you ask folks in the South who the 5A and 6A state finalists are going to be before they would finish the question, the answer would be Center Grove and Cathedral. <laughs> this is where I point out, as Bob said so accurately, Merrillville and Valpo play each other in two weeks. Center Grove and Cathedral play each other the last night of the regular season on October the 16th. So 
Um, just we, 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 again, these are, these are games that teams, you know, if, if you lose it, so what you feel that there's not a team in your class that is going to be able to beat you. I think there is a lot of intrigue in the six day Northern Howe because Carmel is not there and Penn is not what they normally are. Clearly. Exactly. Uh, and, and congratulations to Elkhart who beat Penn, um, in their game yeah. on, on Friday night, but Merrillville, Lafayette, Jeff, of course, those two are both in sectional one. Elkhart, I, I would still put Carroll of Fort Wayne in that mix as well. Would 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 I say Maribel's the favorite? I would agree with you. But yeah. but but any combination of Merrillville, Elkhart, or Carroll could be there in that six A championship game. You reference Fort Wayne Concordia. This is where I, I again just talking about postseason path. This is a you know, similar um, methodology, if you will, for the Fort Wayne schools and the Evansville schools, for the parochials that play in much larger leagues. You tend to go, hey, doesn't matter what our, our, our regular season record is, as long as we're healthy, we know we're going to have a shot to get downstate because of the great competition that we play each and every year. Well, Fort Wayne Concordia, as you mentioned, is three and two. Uh, they still have games with Dwinger and Carroll coming up on their schedule. Yes. The issue that Fort Wayne Concordia has, has as far as making a tournament run is that last year, Chittard was put in the northern half of the 3A bracket. <laughs> yeah. and, and Concordia would see them in the regional round because of, of Concordia's in sectional 27. Chittard is in, is in sectional number 28. And yes, um, if there is a team in 3A that plays a, a schedule, the caliber of Chittard, it would be Concordia. But if you ask me whom the better team is, even as battle-tested as Concordia is, my answer is going to be Chittard. That Chittard, maybe the only team that I would think would be in the, in the category of Chittard might be Dwinger. That's how good this Chittard team is. So anyway, um, Tim Manigle does a great job at Concordia. And again, yeah. forget what they're, what, they could be under 500 going to the postseason. I would expect them to do very well in their section. Their very sectional, good. for example, um, you know, Norwell's four and one, right. Peru's four and one, and everybody else is is, is somewhere below 500. Uh, I, my guess would be Concordia wins that sectional, but I'm not sure they can get past Chittard in the regional round. Well, let me um, just throw this thing out to you if I can. Sure. Where we're talking around Chittard and Concordia and Peru. One team we haven't made mention, probably my air, is because they're not really on the radar. And that's, uh, well, I say that, they're, uh, it's Mishawaka Marion. They're Absolutely. undefeated right now. And I think their, their game will be this Friday when they take on Penn to kind of set the barometer, see where they're actually at right now, because they haven't really uh, had a real tough schedule. But I think playing Penn this week, We'll, we'll figure out what's going on with Mishawaka Marion. No, I'm almost making an assumption, Bob, that Mishawaka Marion's there in the semi-state, that that, 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 that is the likely opponent yeah. that, you know, they, they, they will get through their corner of the bracket, the South Bend and West area, yes. where now you've kind of got this north end of Indianapolis and, and, and Fort Wayne that feed into one regional in 3A. It's South Bend and the region that feed into the other regional, and, and that's the way. That, that things play out. Uh, locally, uh, I want to make sure I give a quick shout out to Mike Gillen in Mooresville. They scored a huge victory, likely wrapped up the Mid-State Conference Championship by beating Decatur Central uh, by a score of 20 to 14. 
anytime, and, and I referenced D.C. scored 14 on Center Grove. They only scored 14 on Mooresville. Kyle Enright's offense always puts a lot of points on the board. So the fact that Mooresville is able to hold them to 14 says a lot. And we've had Mooresville and Mount Vernon that have kind of swapped spots in 4A because of who's had the most impressive victory. You know, for a while it was Mount Vernon going and beating Leo in a game that was scheduled two days out. And then it was Mount Vernon last week ending New Pals' 65-game regular season win streak. I'm not saying that Mount Moores was going to jump past them by beating Decatur Central, but it, I would have a problem if they did. Um, you know, those two schools, and again, just because of the way the bracket is drawn, even though they're not that far apart from each other, they tend to go in opposite directions, uh, you know, from a, a regional standpoint. Mooresville and Mount Vernon would not play each other until the semi-state. Mike Gillen has made Mooresville quickly uh, a good program. Struggled in year one. They've been really good since. Uh, I, I am really looking forward to what I think will be a Mooresville-Mount Vernon matchup in the 4A South semi-state. Wow. East Central, solid every year. Jasper is off to a fantastic start in, in, in their first year in the SIAC but I think it's those two schools from a 4A perspective. Again, not not saying they're definitely going to state championship, but I think they're the best teams in the southern half. Then in the northern half, I think Hobart, you know, is in that mix. Obviously, East Noble, Leo, schools like that that are there on a regular basis. All right, Baz, who, who do you have coming up on Friday night? Well, Friday night, uh, we'll have a little battle at Wabash as the Apaches will host uh, Norfield. Typical Norfield team right now, very low on numbers due to injuries. Always start out the season slow, it seems, but here they come. Play exceptionally well the past couple of weeks. They take on Wabash, going to play at home just for the second time. But more importantly for the Apaches, Greg, they got to figure out which team is going to play. The team that beat Peru the week before or the team that got popped pretty good by Southwood last Friday night. It will be interesting because Coach Hanley does a great job getting these kids ready. It'll be interesting to see how he gets them ready for this Friday night. All right, uh, and then the uh, the final thing for me, from a game standpoint, I have Carmel and North Central. So Carmel is riding this wave of having won in double overtime the week before and then having won at the gun. And, yes, folks, they used to fire a gun at the end of quarters or at the end of games. So that's the <laughs> reference that we're making there. Again, I, I, I am, I'm 43. I'm the young end of getting that reference, so just so you know. Um, and so Carmel's won back-to-back games. Uh, they get North Central. North Central beat them at the end of the game last year at Carmel. For if, if you go back 20, 25, 30 years ago, this was one of the preeminent rivalries in Central Indiana. This was the game that the other got up for, and they played it early in the year because North Central was largely an independent for most of their existence before the Mick rolled around. Carmel was in the Olympic Athletic Conference, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and they went went kind of northeast, like as far up as Huntington North, um, yes. you know, during their time in, in the OAC. Um, and so, because of North Central struggles until a couple of years ago, this this game didn't feel like a rivalry. It was just a, a W that was on Carmel's schedule. Well, two years ago, as North Central was getting things turned around, Carmel won in triple overtime. Last year, North Central won on a Richard Hamilton touchdown in the closing moments of the game. North Central comes in licking their wounds after Center Grove put it to them. Carmel knows how they feel because three weeks ago they got beat by Center Grove 42 to nothing. Um, I expect this to be a very competitive, fun, 
rivalry game. And again, it's it's a little bit different now that Carmel has to go to the southern half of the bracket. But still, I expect that to be a really good game on Friday night. I'll have that on, on my NDTV in Indianapolis and, of course, the ISC Sports Network. All right, Bob, anything else for God and country before we step aside today? Uh, really look for another great, exciting week of high school football in the great state of Indiana. I would agree with you, my friend. Good to catch up with you, as always. Thanks to West Wolf behind the scenes. Thanks to Lauren Plant and all the good folks from uh, State Champs and bringing us to you. And, of course, our presenting sponsor from Lawrence Technological University. Amazingly, we are to week six of the high school football season as of this Friday night. We hope you go out and enjoy a game. Thank you for joining us on the State Champs Indiana Extra Point Podcast. <laughs>